Hi, I'm your host, Karina Gantis, and you're listening to a special edition of Behind the Pen for the NAPOD POMO National Podcast Post Month. Hi, everyone. Karina Gantis here, your host for Behind the Pen. Thank you for joining me for another episode. I'm an award-winning author of 14 books, a booktuber, a YouTuber. I run Author Assist, which helps authors with their marketing promotion, everything from brainstorming an idea right through to promoting the book. I am a radio host on the Artist First Radio Network with the Behind the Pen um, podcast and the radio show Author Assist. I'm also an award-winning filmmaker. I think that's everything. Got to get that written down on a list sometime. Okay, today my special guest is Christine Castle. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm really flattered that because uh, you're a newbie, this is your first podcast. It is. Yeah, I'm excited. Yay! I'm excited. <laughs> so, behind the pen is for anyone who holds a pen. You could be an artist. Um, a writer, author, illustrator, tattooist, musician, editor, the list goes on. So the first question I ask my guests, Christine, what do you use your pen for? <laughs> I, my literal pen I mostly use for edits nowadays, marking through great big red lines of uh, what my past self has written. Um, but uh, figuratively, I write science fiction and fantasy. Uh, I have both um, urban fantasy vampire thrillers out and space opera under a super secret pen name. (laughs) Ah, you have a pen name. Not really, but... (laughs) Well, first of all, before we even get to the the beginning of how it all started, I have to ask, why are you using the pen name? Um, Well, I started when I started writing, I still do have a day job and have a website for the day job. And so that was my name. (laughs) So I've gone and uh, have a sort of pen name. It's still my name, but it's a short form of it. Uh, So the vampire thrillers are written under C. Renee Astle and the space opera is written under Renee Astle. (laughs) So it's easy to keep straight. But I can use got, the same website. But have you got two different uh, Facebook pages for your two different? Are you I, uh, totally separated? I am not. Uh, that's why I sort of went with a name that was very similar for both of them, but slightly different. So the various algorithms could be kept separate. Mm. Because, I mean, your marketplace, uh, you okay, maybe space opera is a little bit different from the fantasy vampires, but sci-fi and fantasy has always been put into the same box, you know, genre box. So yeah, yeah. The, the people that uh, like your fantasy will probably like your sci-fi and vice versa. So when you do like a newsletter, you're not having to um, separate your uh, subscribers, the ones that like fantasy and the ones that like sci-fi. All right, <laughs> let's go back, back. Let's go way, way back to when you first got the writing bug. Was it at school? Was it at university? Was it doing the school newspaper? What was the first thing you had published? Was it a poem? I mean, how did it all oh. start for you? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, that's going far back in the recesses of memory. I'm pretty sure the first thing I had published was in like a local community newspaper or in a school newspaper. I don't recall what it was, uh, but yeah, I've written, I don't even recall the first thing that I wrote because I've written since I was young. Yeah, a lot of that was through school assignments and things like that but but the first thing you get published the first thing you either if you win the competition or you get payment and you can call yourself a published writer you never forget that you i mean i'm going back like gosh 27 years now my check is still framed above my <laughs> desk in my office um, i remember what it was it was a film review for the film Constantine with Colonel Reeves. Right. And it was for an online magazine. And that was my first payment as a paid uh, writer. So you must remember the first time that you actually got payment for your, your writing. Ah, uh, well. Was it a book? <laughs> uh, probably for my creative writing, it would have been my own books. Um, for other writing, I've worked as a writer. Uh, so I got payment, but it wasn't necessarily for my writing. It was the writing I did for hire. <laughs> no, same thing. Same thing. That's it. That's the one I'm looking for. So <laughs> you were working as a freelance or a ghostwriter? Uh, no, I was working writing in magazines. This not necessarily freelance. reviews, but similar sorts of things. Uh, working for a company that put out magazines. There you go. That's where it all started. Then that's when you <laughs> you were officially in the I'm a published writer club. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there was so, I don't remember what it was, but that little community newspaper thing when I was a kid. But that's so cute. <laughs> so when it came when it comes to to novel writing, um, is it something that um, you know everyone says they have a book inside you and and you, this is a, a, a story that won't go away. Um, the characters talk to you, you see the scenes in your head play out like a film. You know you have to get it down on paper. You're already a writer, you've already got the bug, but now there's this itch to write this novel that just won't leave you alone. How close am I to that? <laughs> uh, for sure, for sure, I get, uh the ideas that I just feel that I need to get out and characters that are rabbling around. And it's like, okay, it's our turn now, <laughs> write about us. For the, for the first book, um, what inspired you? What made you write in that genre? And what inspired you to write the first book? And what it's about? Oh, that first book actually started from a dream. Now, if I look Most at the dream <laughs> and the book that came out, there, there's nothing, there's almost nothing. There was a church in both of them. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Church like and that. vampires. There's a church and there's vampires. <laughs> that's the only similarities. Uh, but that's really what uh, seeded the idea. And then for years, it just sort of uh, rabbled around in the head. And I didn't do a whole lot on it. I would write little bits and pieces. And then finally, eventually got serious about it with um, have another writer friend that we get together and and inspire each other to keep writing. Oh, that's wonderful. But you weren't writing a book, you were just doing sprints with one another, just inspiring and, and yes, motivating yeah. one another. That's, that's, that's really cool. You had someone 
that because uh, writing is a really lonely business you know and to have that person to rely on and to push you when you need it and and even you giving that advice and being there for her makes you feel good as well and keeps you going so absolutely yeah and there's always even if it's a story you love there's always those hard spots that are just hard to push through and having somebody there to help you, you kind of give you a shove from the back is good. That's that. Yeah. You don't, you really don't hear of a lot of uh, mentoring like that uh, nowadays, uh, sadly, because writers do write on their own. So uh, you're very lucky to, to find a, a person that you can uh, work with so well and, and be able to uh, relate to so well that's uh, that's a really big added bonus so sure. the first book was from your um fantasy vampire is it a horror yeah. or is it no it's more urban fantasy romance there's a little bit <laughs> it's not specifically romance but there is a little bit yeah so vampires taking over the world uh vampires are already here some uh, might want to take over some not so much so what's the what's the plot i mean what's the premise for the story the story is i mean basically where most of us don't know that these there are vampires or other sorts of creatures uh and the main character wakes up one morning feeling kind of unwell and uh discovers later on that she is a vampire and then it goes from was there she where she's she was yeah she didn't realize what happened she until after didn't she... realize what had happened until afterwards yeah and um so yeah it goes on from there and she discovers this whole world that she didn't know existed and uh sort of decides what kind of vampire she wants to be does she um, i mean in lots of books and, and the films and the TV shows and what have you, the person that bites her is her master and mentors her. Is that the same with you? Did he find her and, and you know, no. train her? Or? No, no, he uh, abandons her and uh, didn't even realize that he had turned her into a vampire, so. Oh, right, <laughs> stupid man. Stupid vampire is not a man, stupid dead man. Um, <laughs> so, so she's having to work all this out on her own. She's got no one telling her, you know, what she should expect and what she should be doing. And to start with, yes, yeah. Then we have other vampires come in and other creatures to help her along the way. Uh, this is uh, this is the first book of a, a series. It is, yes. So that series, the main series, is complete. Uh, there's three oh. books in it. Um, yeah, but I do have ideas for other tangential stories, uh, another mm -hmm, series in the of... same universe. Yeah. 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 A lot of people. It's sort of one that. of those cases where you, you write characters and you love them so much, like side characters and you love them so much that you have to but write have their to. story now. It's not just you wanting to, it's them nagging you basically every single night where you're lying in bed. <laughs> I have to write my story. I'm next. I have this. You need to tell my story. It's true, yep. people listening, listening now. It's true, it does happen. We hear voices in our head. We're not we're not schizo, it's just our um, creative mind making up these uh, images and people. So trust us, we're not crazy. Well, some of some of us sometimes. 
<laughs> some of the stuff we write though i mean it could easily be so um okay so i've got the premise for, for book one new vampire she's learning the ropes there must be a plot that's going through an actual storyline that's going through the three books there is yes uh for for the urban fantasy there is a uh, an old evil that is coming back that's wakening and they are discovering this in book one and then in the books two and three they're fighting that is she like person. a hero she is yeah she's going in to the become end. The, the, the heroine as you say yeah oh that's that's so cool and what is this uh, series called bloodborne pathogens bloodborne pathogens pathogens don't know that word help me out uh like disease <laughs> ah, okay, which okay. refers to the vampirism in a way where it is sounds a bit like have you have you seen all the blade trilogy yes yeah you remember the last one where they had the diseased vampires vaguely <laughs> mm. i i love my vampires i love watching the movies i love the the uh the films and the series and they you don't have them anymore now unfortunately but they were classics you know uh, true yeah. blood and vampire diaries just yeah originals i think originals is still going isn't it uh, i think so yeah i haven't i haven't hmm. bothered with that i only watched uh i watched them in uh vampire diaries but they didn't they didn't give me enough um enough uh, interest to actually watch a whole program about them but uh, do you think that's inspired you to write you know films and books and and tv inspired you to write that uh series i think that it probably actually started way back reading anne rice some of the old vampire books uh, and then yeah and then certainly i mean i'm I consume a lot of fantasy and science fiction and both in books and television. So they're always feeding that creative well. Most definitely. I, I have <laughs> I have spurs. I've just been on a podcast where this guy couldn't believe how many genres I write in. I just get this, <laughs> this urge to, to a binge on a, a genre, whether it's fantasy right now it's um dark mafia uh romance and i binge and i watch all the movies and i watch all the tv shows and then i read all the books i can and then when i'm ready i write my own right yeah and and while i'm writing my own i'm still reading still getting information still uh, doing research um and when the book's finished um i'll go on maybe a couple of more months with this uh binging and then it will stop and then something else will take over and it might go back to fantasy it might go back to young adult it might go back to horror I don't know where it's going to go next but um did you find that <laughs> I mean you started off with your vampire fantasy and then you went on to space opera which is like whoa I mean what got you into <laughs> that again it's something I've always read and always watched and uh, had an idea that I don't even know where it came from had the very the first scene in my head and again the characters just uh, 
just needed to be written. Um, and it is something that I really enjoy the genre. I enjoy so, Star Wars, Star Trek. You've watched all of those. Yeah, Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, Firefly, <laughs> trying to list them, uh, Dark Matter. Is that good, Dark Matter? I didn't know if it was still going. It The first two seasons I really enjoyed. I think they canceled it after the third season, so I'm a little hesitant to watch it because it's like it could take me so far and then. <laughs> yeah, I hate it when stop. they do that. You really get into a series and then it's like, well, where is it? Oh, we canceled it. Yeah. <laughs> Why put it on in the first place? You know, really get into it. I mean, there's, what was the one I was watching? Uh, it was to do with it was doing science fiction, but it was um, um, physics and science fiction and uh, scientists and a group of I can't even remember it now. And it was only on for three seasons, and I was so disappointed when they cancelled that. It's so annoying when they do that. I had um, Walter Koenig on my show. Will, sorry? Walter, Walter, Walter oh. Koenig. Wow. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yes, he was a guest on uh, my show, Behind the Pen. We talked about his book, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, Be Me Up. Be Me Up something anyway. Uh, and uh, we were talking about uh, him acting in um, Star Trek and also was uh, Bruiser in... What was that other sci-fi one he was in? Um, I can't recall. Yeah. Was it Babylon 5? Oh, maybe. Maybe. I think his name, I think his character's with Bruiser. Anyway, yeah, so so it was lovely having him on and, and chatting about that, even though it's not a, a genre I, I watch or, or, or read much of, and I, I've done... I've had sci-fi published like short stories and stuff, but it's um, I'm more into when it comes to sci-fi. I'm more into the scientific side of it, the um, the viruses and the um, uh, zombies and man-made, right. uh, you know, war stuff, and that that's the side that really interests me because that scares the hell out of me because it's so close to what's going on you know so <laughs> that makes it more of a more of a horror than sci-fi but um yeah little green men and uh, space invaders and stuff I don't know never been never been the big I've tried I did try watching Star Wars and I just could not just couldn't I've tried so many times actually because my daughter's a huge fan of Star Wars I just couldn't get there so your book how I mean, this this is a series yeah it is the only the first book is out at the moment uh Brilliant. the other ones book two is up for pre-order but uh, still a few edits left on it oh excellent book two will be out soon and what's it going to be a trilogy do you think or can go on longer it's going to go on longer um probably i six books looking at the the arc oh, wow. uh, I I tried really hard to have the stories be a bit more episodic so they could right. stand more on their own but somehow that arc still gets in there so <laughs> have to respect that so main character he she who is that main person she is an engineer on a little um jack of all trades cargo sometimes sort of smuggling ship 
she, I, it's a little bit of an ensemble cast, but I would still say that she is the main character. She's the first character that I had uh, more or less fleshed out. Uh, but then the rest of the crew certainly play a major role in the, in the story. And uh, does she pick up someone in space or does she pick up some thinking space that she shouldn't? Uh, they take a job that they probably shouldn't, but they kind of have to because they need the money and uh, head out to the location of the job and discover uh, a, what would you call it? An attacked dead in space battleship. And they collect something from the ship and uh, it's not something they should have, not something people want them to have. <laughs> and so they're after them to try and get it back. Is this yeah. uh, like something that could just destroy the, the planet, you know, destroy the universe if it's in the wrong hands? It would upset the balance of power, uh, which is why everybody wants it. Uh -huh. They want to upset the balance of power in their favor. <laughs> of course, yeah, you wouldn't. Okay, so so what's this series called? The series is called The Lyra Cycle, L-Y-R-A, Lyra. Um, and the first book is A Dead Ship in the Deep Black. Which is the ship they find when they go to that call. Um, Lyra, is that her name, the character's name or? No, that's the name of the ship. Their little the ship one is called the Lyra. All right. No, okay. their their little no. cargo ship is. Oh, their little cargo ship. Oh, that's cute, Lyra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. So we we know roughly what's happening in book one. Where are you going with book two? How are you getting this up to book six? I mean, <laughs> that's got... a good question. <laughs> Good versus uh, evil, have, always. Yeah. I have book three drafted, ah, book four, go. I have a An more idea. or less idea <laughs> of what's going to happen. And then book five and six, it's just very like brief points of, okay, this needs to happen to get to the point at the end. Are you a plotter? Yes, uh, but mostly. <laughs> I so used to be know, a... You know what's how the ending's going to get. You know what the finish mark is for these people. Uh, I know what I plot each book. The series, I've not been so good at plotting, but I do have those highlights, sort of the, the top few points in each book that I need to hit. You know, you know I used to be a pantser, but it yeah. took me six years to finish my first book. So right, shifted okay. over to plotting and <laughs> <laughs> it happens See, much quicker for me. I'm a pantser, but my plot is all in my head. So instead of writing down and planning, it's already there in my head of what's going to happen the next scene and the scene after that. And you always have a, a start and you always have the ending where you think you, you're going to end it. And then it's the middle part that you need to somehow join them together. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's always the challenge, the middle yeah. part. <laughs> So when you when you got your first book, when you were published, are you self-published or are you with a contract? I, I'm indie, yeah. Good. Self-published, yeah. Um, when you held that book in your hand for the first time, what was it like? It was great to see it. I it, having that book in print, it it just represents so much hard effort and and 
hours of work and to feel it there was really exciting. Did you cry? I did not cry, but yeah, it's I funny. To, I, <laughs> oh, I, yeah. had mine to, I had mine to my chest and I wouldn't let it go for hours. I just kept <laughs> I'm just going to sleep with you. <laughs> <laughs> it says, no. yes. I After, actually took the first book over to, uh, I was going over to a friend's house to make pierogies that per- evening. Right, yeah, sorry, you're going to have to go on that again. <laughs> pierogies? What's that? Pierogies. <laughs> uh, like the little um, Russian dumplings with filling inside. Ooh, we, we yeah. do them, but with no filling. We put um, honey and sugar on the top. Okay, yeah, no, this Over has filling. It's, yeah. what do you call it? Mm, it's savory, so it would have potatoes and things like that inside. Oh, wow. But took it over to show them. See my book. Everybody's touching it with flower covered. Oh no! <laughs> so that one became a sample. <laughs> <laughs> that was your proof copy. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I've been in this business 27 years and I've got 14 books published. And thinking back to the first one I ever had done, which is in times of violence, it has gone through four cover changes already. Mm-hmm. and um that's that's going to be the last cover I'm not touching again um <laughs> but when you I say was, now <laughs> but I was trying to think of what was the first cover when I was burnt by Vanity Press what was the first cover like and it was a blue broken pavement and then the back was a broken mirror and she took a picture of it and for the actual story of, of what it was about, it was ideal. And then when the second cover came out, it was characters on a book, but more cartoonish, but it was young adults. So then that fitted the role as well. Right. You know, so both of the covers were ideal for the book, but of course you you play around with it, you shouldn't. I mean, once it's left and it's published, finished, don't touch it again. People listen to me on this. Don't touch a book. <laughs> don't, don't even yeah. read it. <laughs> no, yeah, that that can be. I think one of the things is that we we grow as writers, right? We do. And so if I go back and read that first book, I'd be like, oh, that's not what I would do today. But you have to respect that that's what you did at the time. Exactly, exactly. If you see my work now to my work 27 years ago, it's not that the book wasn't any good. It's the, the style of writing's changed. My yeah. tone of voice that's coming through has totally changed. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, and I so, think something else with the covers to recognize is it's like, don't touch it. But at the same time, readers change and what they expect from covers and what they like and what they're going to click on that changes I have I have a series that did really really well and stopped just stopped selling and so I've got new covers and they're out now on Amazon but I haven't officially announced them but I will be doing in my newsletter every month one cover will come out and the covers are absolutely amazing and the covers will sell the book I know that because they're now what everyone else is using. I'm not having a naked man on the front. They're biker <laughs> books, but I'm not having a naked man on the front. That's a big no-no. So, um, but it's obvious looking at the book, what you're going to read. And it's updated now. And, and I know that once they go out, they're, 
they're going to get their sales because of the new covers. And that's what you have to remember that if, if for some reason your book stops selling, there's a reason for it. Now it could be the covers, it could be the blurb and it could be the price. And that's when you have to go back and you have to look at things because yeah, times change, people change, um, the marketing industry changes and you have to go with the flow. So yeah, absolutely. So you finished your, you're not, at the moment, you're not doing anything on the fantasy side. You're actually working just on the sci-fi. Just on the sci-fi. I have ideas for the fantasy. But you're trying like, to wait, keep that. just wait. Yeah, just wait. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on two books at the moment. I've just released uh, one this month. It just came out. Um, that I've been working on many, many years. Um, that just came out and I'm still got two in the oven. And uh, yeah, I don't advise people to work on too many books at the same time because it can be so no. draining and confusing. Yeah, and, and it's yeah. you start writing to, about one character in the wrong book. <laughs> it's trying to split your time up between the two, knowing I only work at the weekends because of author assist. I work five days a week, 10 hours a day helping my clients. And so the weekend's the only time I have to actually edit, to write and promote my books. So I have to give time to, to do one book, a little bit of time to do another book, you know, and yeah. it's just, yeah, there's not enough time no. in the day. And, and I find the writing process, however much I might want to move on to the next shiny idea, the writing process of the thing I'm working on goes much more smoothly. Uh, I have much more consistency, less time editing. <laughs> if I just focus on the one thing. So do you go with another edit editor after you're finished or is it just you editing? I've done both. Uh, I've also done friends who are probably the best editors and I wish I could just pay them and say, here, edit for me. (laughs) But um, yeah, I've done both. And certainly I think that even for myself where I have a fairly, I have been an editor in the past, for my own work, it's hard to see all of the things. It is, it is. As an author, we read over the mistakes because we don't see them. Um, yeah. Even when we walk away for a few months and come back, yes, a few things will jump off the page at us. But when someone who knows what they're looking for, the inconsistencies, the plot holes, um, the the spelling of a name that we didn't even we read yeah. it so many times we didn't even notice it's been spelt differently um yeah. who is editors, this character that you're introducing here and whose name you changed halfway through <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly but it's it's the line editor the one that really goes through the manuscript with a fine tooth comb that's uh, for those that are listening who are readers that's who we use last as the development editor if we need it and then the line editor is like a proofreader but more of an editor side of it um authors have a love and hate relationship with uh, editors we love them because they are worth their weight in gold mm-hmm. they we write the book we're the storytellers and they polish it and they they get it ready for us and we hate them because they send a manuscript back that we've worked hours on, years on, <laughs> covered in red pen, and we feel sick. We feel physically <laughs> feel sick, and we don't want to open the manuscript and start work on it because we're too scared. 
But once we do, and we see the notes that she's put in, or he's put in, and the suggestions, and it all makes sense. And that's why we, we love our editors. They're worth their weight in gold. And any author out there listening that doesn't go with a professional editor, please, please do, because they will polish your work to the extreme. And you become a better writer because you're learning how to do it while you're editing your manuscript. You're learning all these new tricks you didn't even know. So I really <laughs> advise that, go with a professional editor. So, yeah. Christine, where I, uh, can we find your books online? Uh, you can find me at crenaeastle.com. Uh, my books are at Amazon, Kobo, Google, Apple. Wide, yay. For sure. <laughs> I hope people go wide. <laughs> and, and social media for you, where can we find you? I'm on Facebook at, oh, I'm trying to remember my handle now, at crenaeastle. <laughs> I believe. And uh, Twitter is at CR underscore ASTLE. <laughs> They're the two major uh, platforms. They're the two major use. ones. I do have Instagram <laughs> as well, but I'm not as good at being consistent on that. And I haven't quite gotten my head around TikTok yet. Yeah, TikTok's so much fun. <laughs> I love I love doing cosplay. <clears throat> I love doing cosplay on TikTok. Uh, TikTok, dressing up as one of my characters. <clears throat> Excuse me, and doing a, a small reading or something. Uh, I don't do dancing <laughs> and all that. You know, it's all about the books. It's all about uh, showing the covers off and showing the blurb and doing a reading. And um, yeah, it's a really fun TikTok. And of course, they've extended it because. I was saying before in a panel that I was on uh, a little while ago with uh, Joe Compton on Go Indie Now, fantastic uh, person who helps uh, so many indie authors with his uh, programme. Um, so I was on this panel and we were talking about social media and I was saying, oh, before I used to get one of my books and I'd have like 15 seconds and I'd go, la, 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 la. but now they've given you... <laughs> they'll give you longer and you can actually read slowly and articulate and everything now but before it was like you, you've only got like 30 seconds to read this little excerpt to get it out there <laughs> I would really advise you to use TikTok because learn how to use it and I'll speak with you later about it as well um, it is one of the the biggest platforms now for uh, authors um, and it it's not it was, it was for young people with their dancing, but everything and anything is on TikTok now. It's amazing what yeah. you can find on there. Absolutely amazing. And uh, I just a, figure I'll get stuck in the pet videos and never get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. There is that. Go down the, uh, the, um, what do you call it? The rabbit hole and you'll, <laughs> yeah, you'll never get back out again. Yeah, there is, there's quite a few of those in, in TikTok, so you've got to be careful. Um, Christine, it's an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Um, it's great knowing about you and about your books. Um, it was great you, talking to you. <laughs> it, I wish you huge success with uh, both series, and I hope uh, it uh, turns out as, as well as you want it to go, and um, that people hopefully you've heard this podcast and we'll go and check you out on amazon or nook kobo uh apple she's everywhere she's everywhere you don't need to buy from amazon um and yep. um 
and all your future projects, uh, all the best. And uh, thank you so much for being uh, a guest on Behind the Pen. Thank you so much for having me. It was great.